Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries, and it's good to be with you on your, some of you of your drive time today. As you're traveling down the uh, highway, you've turned it on this radio station. We're just glad to be with you. Uh, we just hope that you hang with us. We got some pretty good teaching, I believe, this morning that's going to really inspire you and give you some in-depth, I believe, of what uh, it means to be a disciple, which we'll talk about later. But just thank you for being part of your day. It looks like it's going to be another great day today. Fairly warm, a little bit of clouds, but it's going to be pretty awesome. So I'm just excited with this being the beginning of March. I tell you what, we are seeing my thinking spring is on the way. I have not seen any robins or any of that stuff yet, but we're praying that that comes. In my neck of the woods, we see a lot of eagles flying around up in north north, uh, Mahaska area. But uh, we're just excited about what is coming with spring. And so be safe as you travel today down the highway. Also, too, those of you who are headed on your way to church this morning, I pray that the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will inspire you as you travel and that you will go with the expectations of meeting what Holy Spirit has for your church today. What a great time of fellowship with the brothers and sisters in Christ. And also, too, those of you, Mike, this is my Sunday morning service. I'm right here with you. I'm either sitting in the chair out in my shop or uh, or just tinkering, doing whatever I do. I just want to thank you for listening and being part of Vital Ministries as we, we're just excited about this portion of, of the ministry. We I never would have believed such outreach and such Things would happen through this portion of the ministry. A lot of times I've been dealing with men, and uh, I do uh, men's ministry. We do, uh, we're do. we in four different locations for Vital Men. We're actually in Knoxville, in in uh, Oskaloosa, New Sharon, and Atumwa. And you can go to our Vital Ministries webpage and check that out. You can see the different locations that we're at and also to the times. And we just love ministering and doing what God calls us. But again, with the radio ministry, I'm just thankful for this, what God has done. I just want to praise him and thank him for this extension. And today, uh, just a few things before we get started this morning. Just a reminder, we send out devotionals uh, five days a week, both through Vital Life and through Vital Men. Vital Life is, is generally for those of all natures, uh, gender, and uh, uh, both uh, for men and women. And just uh, my wife is the writer for that. She just sends out a nugget each day, just a good word from the Lord. I just encourage you to check that out. You can go to our vitalministries.org website and get that. Or uh, or we can get those sent directly by email right to you right before you get out in the midst of your day. And also to Vital Men, we have writers that write directly to men and for men. So just an exciting time as we look at that as well. But today we are continuing continuing our teaching series on discipleship and what it means. Today our theme is this is losing yourself and finding God's best best. And I can't help but think about Luke 14:33 before we get started this morning. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. This is our final week of the last three weeks called Follow Me. And we've uh uh, each time we've come into it, it means to, what it means to have and live the crucified life, what it means to be a Christ disciple, and what is the cost. Jesus tells us in Luke 14, uh, 25 through 35, is what it means the cost will be. Obviously, for the, the disciples, that cost would, would be found in verse 27. If you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And our next teaching series called The King of Kings, which I'm really excited about, which we will start and we'll talk about the road for the, uh, in the Bible, which takes us to the cross to Golgotha, the place of the skull. But that's coming for us. But today, we're going to focus on the final teaching on being a disciple called Losing Yourself and Finding God's Best. You might be asking this morning, what do you mean about that? So let's get, 
let's get things started. Let's begin the stage, the, the, the introduction. Last Sunday, I went to a, an incredible movie, and I highly recommend this. It was outstanding. And also, too, I highly recommend that you make sure that you get a ticket before you go. It's called The Jesus Revolution. And uh, it's worth every effort to go. But the story lies in a time in the 60s when our nation was at a crossroads. The Vietnam was going, Nixon was the president, and we had lost ourselves in purpose. The, the time of war was when we saw the, at that time, and also into our country, we saw the hippie movement. Uh, Make love, not war was one of the popular slogans at that period of time. People were smoking pot, shooting up heroin, and LSD. The young people were loaded, were looking for truth, and they found that it was not in the drug culture. Rock and roll music played uh, a role in it during that period of time. We saw the NASA astronauts walk on the moon for the first time, Neil Armstrong. But we were living a new revolution, a new movement. But, but out of that movement came America's what I think, in my mind, was America's last great awakening towards God. It's hard to believe that that awakening, that time period, was over 50 years ago. The awakening was called the Jesus Revolution. It began on the West Coast with two men by the name of Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee. Chuck Smith was a pastor of Calvary Chapel Church, and it was stuck in religion, and it was another what I would call a typical dead church that was looking for traction and to find a way out of where it was at. Chuck's daughter met Lonnie Smith as he was walking down the road and introduced Chuck. Everything changed from that moment. Pastor Chuck took a risk and listened to the youth of his day, and he opened up his church doors. Everything changed from that that moment on, and Chuck's church literally exploded and revival began. I don't know about you this morning, is even reading about this and, and talking about seeing the movie, it just put chills up and down my back about how things were and what could it possibly be for us today. That was the story that came from, also too, with the story that came from Pastor Greg Laurie, who is really the one who, who back in that time, helped explode that Jesus revolution as he was being called from what he was doing in his life to becoming a pastor and to live for Christ. And Christ met him right where he was at. What a wonderful movie it was. And to be honest, through half of the movie, I wept. I long in my soul for revival today to see our modern day church awaken. To go back into biblical truth of what the Bible stands for and to see an awakening in my own time. To go and make disciples of all nations before the nations to be truthful, the nations live within our nation itself. That we would know that we were Christians by our love. That was the main theme of the uh, of the Jesus uh, Revolution and also to the mo- in the movie. And I hope this morning that we can get a glimpse of what that means for us today. So that brings us to our teaching today, loving yourself and finding God's best. My point number one this morning, if you're if you're taking notes, if you're sitting beside the uh, uh, your 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 chair and you're and you're just wanting to to remember, I encourage you to do so today because my point number one is this: and losing yourself, you will walk in the spirit. Romans eight fourteen says it this way: for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. What it means is to walk in the 
to walk in the Bible is a metaphor for practical daily living. The Christian life is a journey to walk, and it means that we are making consistent progress. If we are led by the Spirit, let's also walk in the Spirit. All of us understand what literal walking means, don't we, this morning? To go on a trail or to go on a walk. You'll see a lot of folks on the walkway as they're traveling. We, we're very fortunate in our community that we've got, for the most part, a walkway around our, the whole city of Oskaloosa. But also, too, you'll see people walking in our in the local mall and walking for exercises and also doing conversation with each other, going up and down. A lot of times you'll see senior citizens taking advantage of that because going outside, let's be honest, folks, can be sometimes uh, a little bit adverse and, and cold, and you'll see a lot of folks in the mall walking. I don't care what mall that you go to, even in Des Moines, you'll see the mall walkers at work. But to walk in the Spirit is to be filled with the Spirit. You walk in joy and thankfulness about what the Lord is doing in your life. You give Him praise in all things and you have a joyful heart. I oftentimes, as I drive down the highway, I, I like to listen to the message on my radio station. There's not a lot of talk, but it's it, it leans more into the praise music about God. That's my way of being built up as I walk in the spirit of my daily life. We all have different ways that we walk in the spirit, but this one is mine. I recently had to go to uh, our local hospital to get a checkup for my next my upcoming surgery. As I've got my left knee replaced, I will soon get my right knee replaced, and you have to go and do those things to prepare for that. See, folks, when you go to the hospital, I see basically three types of people when I go. First, there are the, the nurses, the doctors, the administration people who work at the hospital itself. They're there. They're, they're getting paid. They're on a mission. They're there to help you and make your journey easier. Then there, there are those that I call the visitors. They come and they visit people in the hospital, or they're simply helping someone get to the next doctor visit. I've done that multiple times with my own father, taking him to different locations as he's had his, his surgery, and since then, as on the road of recovery, taking him to different hospital visits due to the fact of not being able to drive and different things that are going on. But now he can do that all, all on his own. We, we praise God for how the Lord is healing his body. Then there's those that, the third folks is this, they are the ones that are sick, the lame, those that need medical healing. I believe that you're getting the picture of what I'm saying this morning, but at my visit, I got a chance to, I asked the Lord, Lord, show me the people through your eyes. Help me to see them in the spirit. Now, Galatians 5, 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, that's the, that's the portion that I ask, Lord, help me as I walk in the Spirit, put these, these things that produce this kind of fruit in my life. Help me to, to see things from your perspective. See, folks, when you walk in the Spirit of God, God gives you these gifts in the moment. When I was there, I had a had to give a blood, a urine and a blood sample as I was visiting my doctor. And that's the first initial pre-op thing that I had to do for my surgery. 
there was a, a young lady there that was assisting me, and I noticed, and she noticed that I, I had my construction sweatshirt on, and she asked me if I was in construction and, and what I did, just casual conversation, things that you just do with people that you don't know. And I, I shared with her that I own my own business, and, and then she asked, How much is the cost in starting your own business? Now, I thought that was odd. And so I asked her the question, why, you know, why is it that you're asking me this question? What, what are you looking for? And she went on a, a, and given me a brief description of why she, she goes, I'm married to my husband and currently in his full-time job, but you know, he's looking to start his own construction business. What is the cost? What is the price that it takes to go and do construction and start your own company? And she was just asking a general question, and in a brief five minutes, I shared with her my story, how I stepped out in faith and began doing construction and starting my own business. Now, she really appreciated that time and that I gave her, and another thing that she asked for as we were going, I said, hey, you know what? Let me give you my cell number. You give it to your husband and give it to him, and if he has any questions, let him give me a call, and I'd be more than happy to help her, help him in, in the midst of his look. So, man, immediately she had found the paper, and, and I wrote down for her my phone number. See, the Spirit led me into the fruit of the Spirit, which was kindness. I simply took time. See, when you become a disciple of Christ, you learn what it means to walk in the Spirit. And also, too, in doing so, you are filled with the love towards God's people and see them in a different way. And that's what I'm hoping that we see today in discipleship, that they will know us by our love. But we're going to get there. That, that'll be a point that's coming up. But point number two is this. In losing yourself, you become one in the Lord. Acts 1.14 says this, All these were one accord, were devoting themselves in prayer. See, when the church and the body of Christ come together and developing themselves in, in prayer, they become one in the Lord. They become single-minded. They are, they are in harmony and unity, unity with each other. Now, this was interesting. This past week, I had an opportunity to go to Love, Inc. in our local community. But They were asking the pastors to come in, wanting to show what they were doing, how the ministry can be a help to the church. And this is what I really appreciated. I saw all different pastors, many from different denominations, and for a brief period of time, we were in unity of one cause, which would be Love, Inc., they brought that in. Matter of fact, I got an opportunity to sit with the father next to me from the Catholic Church. What a great man of God he is. I just really appreciate him. And then on my other side was also uh, Pastor John from Central Church. And the same thing, another opportunity to love in each other. And then Pastor Milton from the Nazarene Church. All Many men from the different churches, I'm just beginning to mention them. But it was such a bond and love of, of the unity of Christ being the purpose. See, in the movie, in the Jesus Revolution, we see Pastor Chuck Smith leading a very forward, legalistic church. They were comfortable and, and coming in, and they're coming to their church in formal suits and also formal dresses. Then Lonnie Frisbee shows up to the church, a hippie. See, barefoot and dressed in 60s attire. One of the church elders in the movie gets upset and told Pastor Chuck, that these people had to get out. They were not welcome in his church. See, Pastor Chuck had to make a tough decision. 
He either had to please the elders of his church and their, the, the tithe that was coming in or step out in faith and allow himself in the moment to become one in the Lord and to speak to a lost generation. See, the folks, the, the elders, they were caught up in tradition, keeping their, keeping their own ways, keeping their image, for better words of saying, not getting their shag carpet dirty. But see, when Pastor Chuck stepped out, God began to work in him. Acts 4.32 says it this way. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul and one and became one. That any of the things that belonged to them was not their own, but they had everything and gave everything in common. See, folks, the early church were together as one. They had no... no uh, uh, schemes or no divided interest, no discordant purposes. They were united for the cause of Christ. And how would that look like today in 2023? What if we became one in the Lord and looking for the purpose of Christ? I believe that God is up to something and my thinking is breaking down denominational barriers. We've come divided over baptism, holiness, and what the truth is actually saying in the Bible. What has happened within the church is we've no longer we we no longer give grace at the price of truth. And folks, that is mean. Saying what was written wasn't meant for today. That's the sad part about that we're seeing in churches today, that we live in a time of different culture as opposed to speaking truth. I currently pastor a non-denominational church called Lighthouse Church in New Sharon. I love the people there. They're committed and ready to serve and ready to love. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. We have our flaws like any other church. But here's what's happening in our church. We are painting the interior of our church, making ready for room for young people to come, young families with young children. Do we need a children's administrator? Administrator? Absolutely. We're praying about that. So how are we praying and asking the Holy Spirit to send us the right person? We are in unity together and we are one in the Lord. And that's the whole purpose of that, of being united together. And that's what I believe the churches today are seeing that. They're coming together. They're coming in unity within the churches themselves. Which brings me to point number three. In losing yourself, you will be known by your love. John 13, 34 says this, Jesus teaches this to his men, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Then Jesus adds this in verse 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I don't know about you folks, but I am challenged by this verse this morning. It goes back to the song, they will know us by our love. Does the people in our communities know the church by our love? Or do they see nothing but division, laws, and rules? Challenging thought, isn't it, this morning as we think about that, as we just sit there and dwell in the midst of the moment? What do people see? Do they see nothing but law and, and regulation? Do they see love, grace? of what the church is to look like. See, to love one another is the first to love one another in the church. A distinguishing mark of a disciple of Christ is to develop a love for each other. Today, we have people leaving our church over replacing the chairs for pews, for building or putting on an addition, 
to our churches. We'll even fight over the carpet color of our church and people will leave. Where are we going as a church? If the world can no longer see a distinction between Christians and the world, how far off have we become of the love of Christ and how far have we gone? Let's be honest, folks. We don't naturally love that as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that type of love. To love that will require a heart change. We must realize that we are sinners before God and understand that Jesus died on the cross and rose three days later to, to provide a way of forgiveness for the lost sinner. To accept Jesus as our Savior when we realize that that's the foremost of our lives, and we begin to love ourselves, love others, and will be known for love in the midst of the communities in which we live. I don't know about you folks, but I'm challenged by that. As I went to the movie, The Jesus Revolution, i got to be honest with you, and, I, and I've shared that briefly, I just wept. I left because my heart and my soul longed so much for a change. As I watched the movie and I saw what Pastor Chuck did, how he loved on a, a, a generation of hippies. They were in the midst of the drug culture and deep into it. They were looking for ways to find truth, and they found that going through and getting high, smoking pot, and doing all those things, that was not the answer. So they were looking for the answer. They were looking for an answer that changed everything. A church that called Calvary Chapel moved from a small location, moved to a tent that ultimately built a building. Chuck Smith was part of the Jesus Revolution and saw incredible things, all because he made a choice, he made a step, he made something big in his life to allow Holy Spirit to work with him and to love on a generation that was lost. See, we have Generation Z in our in our culture today. A generation that has lost. There's piercings, they're, they're doing the tattoos, they're, they're the drug culture, all those things. They're looking to find truth. And right now, folks, where is the church in the midst of what they're looking for? See, why would they want to come to a church that sees nothing but division? Angry with each other, coming against all the different things without a doubt. What is it that the church is supposed to be a responsibility for? Yes, without a doubt, it calls for the for us to stand in biblical truth. And I believe what greater time than today that we stand in that biblical truth. But how would we handle if we had folks that came from the homosexual culture enter our doors? Would we welcome them? Would we love on them? Would we speak Jesus to them? I think Jesus would. I think he would love on them and help them guide them back to the truth. Back to what is meant in the Bible as it says, one man, one woman. I am not countering against that, and I stand on what it was written in God's word. I believe in it. But what ways is the church, can we come back to a culture that is also too transgender? They, they actually believe, it says Generation Z, that 20% believe that there is their soul is both male and female, and when it gets into their bodies, creates the distinction of the distortion of what they really are. Can we love on them? Can we help them find their way back to Christ? I'm challenged by that this morning. Would we be willing to love on those that come? We have a young man in our community up in, up in our area, and he has he is a lost soul. He comes, he's 
for the most part, homeless. And when he came to our church, I don't know about you, but I, I, I just found a love and compassion for him. I found what, can we, what happened in this young man's life that put him in the place of where he is. Can, as a church, can we accept him? Can we love on him? Can we say, you have a place in our church? We did. I'm thankful for the people in our church. Matter of fact, this young man, after church was over, he came up and he gave me a big old hug. And I tell you what, I hugged him back. Because I think that's what Jesus would do. We start, Folks, we will have a Jesus revolution. We will see changes in our life. But discipleship is a commitment of a changed heart in which you lose yourselves so that you can live a life of God's best. I believe that is the challenge for the church today. That is the challenge for the disciples today. Can we love people? Can we go apart and grab after a generation like Generation Z and love them back into the church and show them what can be instead of what rules are? Yes, without a doubt, we keep we keep the commands what God says. He says, this command I give to you, to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and also to Love another person as yourself. Man, those commands are challenging. All the Ten Commandments are based in these two that Jesus said. What is the place of the church today? What is the place of the disciple today? How do we express that to a generation that is looking to find truth? Folks, I believe that we could see revival, that possibly in 2023, that we could experience another great awakening. But folks, I ask you this, the awakening begins in you, as it does for me. Can I allow Holy Spirit to help me see people that where I walk in the Spirit as I trust God in my life as He goes about my day? Help me to walk in the spirit of love to see that I lose myself in moments and also, too, that I become one in the Lord. And with that, when I become one in the Lord, I will love people like Christ does. I pray that for us today. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, again, we want to thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come and praise you. Lord, I pray that maybe somebody this morning that within my listening ears has never asked you to be Lord and Savior of their life. I pray today that that person, could all they got to do is simply ask, Lord, I am a sinner. I ask you to please forgive me of my sins. I have nothing to offer you but me. That you are a God of forgiveness. That Jesus, that you went for God so loved the world that he sent his son, his only son, to take on a cross for our sins. That he took on that cross, he was crucified and died, and that he was risen from the dead three days later. Lord, we praise you for that. And that you walked out of the grave. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you for a life that can be restored. Please, please bring revival to our nation, Lord. We humble ourselves before you. We are sinners. Help us, Lord, in your holy name. Amen. Folks, this has been a great teaching. I hope you've enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to start a new teaching series as we go and have our pathway to Easter called the King of Kings. You don't want to miss it. This is Mike Serig, the voice of Vital Ministries. <laughs>